Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will empower and inspire you. I want to talk to you this morning uh, around the theme, God is interested in what I eat. God is interested in what I eat. Eat. I want to make it clear from the outset, this message is not about fat or skinny. This message is about healthy or unhealthy. It's about sick or well. It's about fueling your body or contaminating your body. You may not agree with everything I say in this message, but I believe from reading the Scriptures that God is in fact interested in what I eat. Father, I pray no one would stone me while I'm preaching. In Jesus' name, amen. Leviticus chapter 7, verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. You must never eat. Those are amazing words. God is speaking. You must never eat fat, whether from cattle, sheep, or goats. When I was 39 years old, which believe it or not was three years ago, I became very concerned about my health. I, I was uh, 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 13 kilograms heavier than I am now, weighed 84 kilos. Uh, I was puffing at the top of a flight of stairs. Uh, I was drinking five cups plus of coffee a day to make it through the day. And my 39th birthday rolled around and I just hit a little bit of a midlife crisis because I have a lot of aspirations for my 40s and my 50s, 60s and 70s. I'm planning to live until I'm 100. And I suddenly began to get face to face with the fact that my current bill of health did not line up with uh, my dreams and aspirations for my future. Sorry, but the clock is very different to what I expected it to be. So I, I uh, began a little period of inner introspection. I began to think about my life and I, I decided, I said to Jillian, I'm gonna start cycling to the office. I began to cycle every day to the office from where we live in Potirua. It's a 27 kilometer bicycle ride. The first day I did it, I arrived in Johnsonville, had to climb a hill to get there. When I got there, I was feeling so sick that I got off my bike in the KFC car park and vomited my breakfast into the drain. I got on my bike the next day, I tried it again a lot slower and I made it. I kept doing that until Christmas of that year and I began to feel like my body was going through some changes. I was more upbeat, you know, I was feeling a lot more like I had some energy, didn't need as much coffee to get through the day but my weight was still unaffected and I knew I had to go a little bit further. Jillian and I went away on holiday and the first day of our holiday uh, in the new year, Jillian wakes up in the morning and she says, while we're on holiday for the next three weeks, I am going to go on a Daniel fast. I said, I will join you. For me, I knew what a Daniel fast was. I'd done many in the past. For those of you who are new to the concept, it's basically just eating fruit and vegetables. But my definition of a Daniel fast was vastly different to Jillian's. In my definition, uh, a McDonald's french fry was a vegetable. I mean, that's a fair call, isn't it? 
stopping, stopping by the Chinese takeaway to buy stir-fried rice with vegetables. That's, that's vegetables, right? I mean, as long as it was fruit or vegetable or some kind of distant cousin thereof, if you weren't actually eating steak, then you were on a Daniel fast. But Jillian said to me, no, 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 that is simply not going to cut it. She said, if you're going to be on a Daniel fast, then you have to eat only, you know, only fruit, only vegetables. It's got to be whole grain, no white rice. Um, she's like, you know, everything, no, no deep fried food of any kind, no dairy products, no processed food. And for me, this was like somebody just decided to change my life. I don't cook. Well, I've learned a little bit in the last few years, but I didn't. I don't know anything about food. And it was just just as well that we were on holiday because I needed all my mental faculties just to work out what to have for breakfast. Um, you know, we started this whole eating plan and I got to admit, after about two or three days, I was feeling terrible. I mean, I was just like, I had headaches. I felt, I felt absolutely yuck. I, I, I had no energy. I mean, I suppose I was also on holiday, but I continued with it. And after about a week, I began to notice I had more energy in my body. I jumped on the scales and in the last seven days, I'd lost two kilograms that I had not been able to, to lose even though I was cycling to the office every day. We kept doing that Daniel fast for the next three months and after three months I'd lost 14 kilograms reduced down to the weight that I still am today for the last three years I've remained at the same weight in fact I've only ever gone leaner during you know, busy seasons of training with cycling and uh, it has literally changed my entire life. After three months though of eating just fruit and vegetables, I began to feel a bit drained and I, I ended up at a golf place with John Bevere and for three days we golfed and I noticed that he ate exactly the same things as me with the only addition being that he ate meat and he ate a little bit of choice dairy products. And so I began to quiz him because I'm an oral learner and for three days I just quizzed him about everything he knew about the topic of food. I basically adopted most of his practices and approaches towards food, and I've just got to say that the last three years have been for me the healthiest years of my adult life. I have a very demanding schedule, I think, yet during the last three years, my sickness levels have gone way down. I'm able to walk, run, climb a mountain, preach, uh, able to sustain a, a, a busy schedule. I have a positive outlook towards life, and I have become convinced that God is absolutely interested in what we eat. All through the book of Leviticus, there is an undeniable theme. Eat this, don't eat that. God is saying over and over and over and over again in this book, I am giving you instruction. I am interested in what you eat. In this verse, we find God speaking, Leviticus chapter 7, verse 22, to a people who only had on offer whole grain foods and meats. And he said to them, the one thing I'm excluding from your options is you must never eat fat. Now, when I read that, I thought to myself, I wonder what God would add into his list of exclusions if he was writing this letter to us today. Because friends, I believe that God is interested in what we eat. 
Now, we know from the book of Acts that there is nothing you can eat that will make you unclean. Your food will not change your relationship with your creator. And the Bible is teaching us through Peter's example that we can never allow food to become a a, a religious form. We can never allow our guidelines to food to be a hindrance to evangelism, but to lump all of our food choices under one banner and to say there is nothing unclean, therefore I can eat whatever I want, is absolutely out of line with the body of teaching in the Bible. When you read the book of Leviticus and you read God's instructions and you read what he says you should eat and you read what he says you should not eat, we all get to a point where we've got to ask ourselves the question, why? Why is he obsessed with certain foods? Why does he say don't eat fat? Why does he say don't eat bacon? I mean, you know, this week, uh, the WHO has created a worldwide media and social media storm by coming out and saying bacon leads to cancer, as does ham, which is another product of pig. Yet God wrote it in his letter thousands of years ago and said, if you want health in your body, don't eat bacon. I mean, uh, Dr. Uh, Jordan Rubin uh, wrote a book, which you should check out. I'm not saying everything is perfect, but in his book, The Maker's Diet, he highlights that when God pointed Israel in the book of Leviticus to certain foods, and he said to them, don't eat certain foods, he was leading them towards foods that come from great sources, foods that uh, processed by your body in, in an easy fashion, foods that lead to health in the insides of who you are, and foods that will lead to long life and health. He included foods that do digest well, and he excluded foods that do not, and foods that are loaded with toxins, and foods that come from poor sources. For instance, he said, God said, you can eat chicken, because it feeds on grain, but you cannot eat a raven because it feeds on dead animals. And the overwhelming theme of Scripture is that God is constantly steering Israel and His people towards the most nutritious, life-giving, and health-generating foods that were available for them. And I believe that God is still steering us in that direction today. Let's remember that for a Christian, food is not just about natural effects, it's about spiritual effects. When your body is full of what we're going to term later, but fake food, then your immune system is low, your negativity levels do increase, and you are therefore more vulnerable to sin. Not only that, but your lifestyle, your personhood will give less glory to God. And the truth is, friends, that I believe God wants you and I to live a life, to consume foods that will help us to withstand sin, that will help us to increase in optimism, have more possibilities with what we can do with our lives, and will give glory 
to God. And let us also remember, as we sang this morning, that if we have God, we have everything. And just because we crave something, there is not only the appetites of our tongue, but the appetites of our flesh, that as a Christian, we must stand against them and recognize that only God can truly satisfy us. So I guess our question for this message must be, what food should we eat? And in broad strokes, what food should we not eat? Well, what should we eat and what should we drink? Let me give it to you in a little one-sentence summary that comes both from Rick Warren's book called The Daniel Plan, The Daniel Plan, which I think every Christian should read, and also from the New Zealand Heart Foundation. What we should eat, we should eat real food made by you or someone near you, mainly plants. We should eat food, real food, made by you or someone near you, mainly plants. Eat real food made by you or someone near you, mainly plants. What's real food? Real food is whole food, fresh food, or unprocessed food. Things that are real foods. And it's pretty easy, really, if you're honest, to say that's a real food. When you look at something, just ask yourself the question, is an apple real food? Yes. Is a twisty real food? (laughs) Answer, no. If we want the life God has for us, I believe that we must eat real foods made by you or someone near you mainly plants. These are real foods. If it's not a real food, then I'll tell you what it is. It's a fake food. When we eat real food, it will fill our body with energy, increase our attentiveness. It will heal our bodies and it will aid our service of God. Fake food will drain you of energy, decrease our attentiveness and creativity, increase our negativity, make our body sick, and hinder our effective service of God. That's the impacts of fake food. Now then when it comes to what we should drink, what we should drink is pretty simple. One word, water. Either still or sparkling. Water is a real drink. The body can tolerate maybe two or three cups of coffee or tea a day, but we should drink literally nothing else. With the exception of herbal tea, every other drink is a fake drink, not a real drink. It has sugar in it, it will not hydrate your body, and it will not fuel the motor that God has given to you. It is important that you and I consider when it comes to food that food is attached to money. Food is attached to money. Tremendous amounts of money is being made in our nation today to sell us food, supposedly food, that tastes good regardless of the impact it has on your body. The truth is that in New Zealand right now, it is cheaper to buy a bottle of Coke than the equivalent size bottle of water. It is cheaper to buy a packet of potato chips or biscuits than a bunch of bananas. It is more costly in New Zealand to buy fresh fish 
that has had no manual labor attached to it than fish fingers that have been through a processing plant. There is huge money being made selling us fake foods that are being consumed at the far greater price than just the cost saving of the health of our country and of the world. Food is an industry. Just like personal finance, personal finance, giving people excessive levels of debt is an industry. Just like alcohol is an industry. Cigarettes are an industry. We are being sold food for the profit of companies and not for the betterment of our bodies. These companies are not asking how can we make the most healthy food for our customers. Their question is how can we get them to buy more. And even though as New Zealanders, and I've traveled the world and I can tell you, we have the greatest access on earth to real healthy foods. We should not assume for a second that the advertising that we're being communicated as this is real or this is good is necessarily genuine or that the food we are being sold is really food either. We must decide as Christians what is best for us, what is God's will for us, and then eat in line with that. The truth is, guys, that even if we just get outside of our faith, there is not a health, every health expert in the country and around the world is pointing out that we are sick, diseased, prematurely aging, and depressed partly or maybe even largely because of what we eat. It's a pretty tough message, this one, right? You're going to make it. It's going to be okay. In New Zealand right now, 33% of our nation is obese. What's, what's shocking about that statistic is that it has increased from 10% in 1977 to 33% today. We are second in the world only to America in the largest population on earth with obese people. Type, type, two, type 2 diabetes, meaning non-genetic diabetes, is rising in our nation at an epidemic rate. Depending on the demographic you come from, in most cases in New Zealand, by 99 to 109%. And much or most of these negative health trends can be traced back to one single source, what we are eating. We are making ourselves sick in New Zealand because of the food that is going into our mouths. And as Christians, this is crucial for us because we must become aware that God is interested in what we eat. You cannot read the Bible without having this highlighted that God is not just looking for us to glorify Him with lifted hands or even just open wallets. God is looking for us to glorify Him through the choices we make around what we eat. Let's go to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself for God brought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Not just with your soul or spirit, but with the way you conduct your physical health. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever 
you do, do all for the glory of God. Literally, God is asking us, will twisties give him glory? Will an apple give him glory? And then it is up to us to worship with the food that we eat. Now, the truth is, friends, no food you eat can make you unclean. It will not change whether you have access into heaven, whether God's grace applies to you in your life. But absolutely, we must, although we must make that point very, very clear, the truth is that for thousands, if not millions of Christians, if we lump that as a massive banner over then a bunch of poor choices, and we say that as a Christian, I can eat whatever unhealthy food I want to and expect God. God's blessing on my physical health, that is simply not supported by Scripture. The overwhelming theme of the Bible, God is interested in what I eat. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, a man reaps what he sows. What I eat is my seed, my physical health is the harvest I reap. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 21, God is instructing them about what they should eat. And he says in Deuteronomy 14, 21, the second half, he says, do not eat it yourselves, for you are set apart as holy to the Lord your God. You are set apart as holy, therefore let that become an attribute to the way you see yourself and therefore part of the framework of what you choose to eat in life. In other words, the way you see yourself should be impacted in the dietary choices that you make as a person. Now, you might have seen with some of the rugby boys, and you know, Jeff and Lima and others in church, when we talk to each other on social media, there's a hashtag Team Ferrari. It came from a dinner we had one night when I was talking to them about the importance of eating well, and I said to them, if I bought you a Ferrari, would you take that Ferrari and fill it with recycled fuel? The answer is no. And the reason why is because the car is a Ferrari. And therefore, you want to fuel it with the best possible fuel you can get. In other words, how you see yourself is probably most visibly evidenced by the food you choose to put in your body. And that is why I believe God is interested in what I eat. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 29, God said to Adam and Eve, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be your food. Fruits and vegetables. And that was the original food God gave to Adam and Eve and it is still our primary food today. Then after the flood, not until Genesis chapter 9, after, you know, a long period of time in human history, after the flood, probably because of the changes in living conditions and the amount of physical labor that was required in a post-fall world, God then said in Genesis 9, you can now add meat. Then in Genesis chapter, sorry, Leviticus chapter 11, God then went back and he clarified some things. He said, you can't eat fat or blood. You can't eat any scavenger uh, creatures that are on the earth. And you cannot eat, eat any bottom feeders from the ocean. And my question when I read those verses in August of this year was if God was writing Leviticus, what would he exclude today? What would he advise us against 
today. And I am certain that if God was writing Leviticus in the 21st century, in the year 2015, he would say, don't eat processed food. He would say, don't eat food with numbers. Don't eat food with added sugar. Don't eat food with added salt or preservatives. Don't eat soft drinks. Don't eat fatty foods. Don't eat deep fried foods. In other words, don't eat fake foods. Um, you know, when I was growing up uh, as a child, we had, we had uh, soft drinks once a year. My granddad, Jellyman, on my mother's side would, yes, that's a little, yeah, that's a revelation. My mother's maiden name was Jellyman. My, my granddad, Jellyman, used to buy all of the grandkids. He had eight children, so a truckload of grandchildren, and he would buy us for Christmas every year a bottle of fizzy drink, a real glass bottle of fizzy drink, and he would give us an orange. So that's what we got from granddad, Jellyman. And then we would drink the soft drink, and then we would take the glass bottle to the dairy and trade it in and use the money to buy a little small bag of lollies. Like for three cents, you could buy a little you know, bag of lollies from the shop. And we ate, we drank, sorry, soft drink once a year. Now, in you know, the year 2015, there's a McDonald's on every corner, limitless refills, upsized combos, and with it, we also have soaring levels of ill health. And the truth is, my friends, that when you drink soft drinks, you hyperstimulate your adrenal and metabolic levels, and you add zero nutritional benefit. Nothing good comes to your body at all. In the year 2015, our rice has changed color. Rice is brown. It is not white. When we say, I want white rice or I want brown rice, you're basically saying, rather than having rice, could I please have rice that's had janola pass through it first? Rice is brown. White rice means that we take all of the fiber, the substance, and what makes it a real food out, and what is left is simply sugar. And as a result, we lead to type 2 diabetes. We take, we take potatoes, which are probably the least most substantive vegetable you can get, we then chop it up into little bits. We throw it in deep fried oil, basically saturate it in saturated fat. We take it out just to make it perfect. We throw exorbitant levels of salt all over it, which if you've been reading any paper lately, you discover is actually more dangerous for us than sugar, they're now saying. And then we serve it up as a staple food of our nation. Um, sugar or fructose, has been added to almost everything, which leads to diabetes, obesity, metabolic imbalances, and huge mood swings. If you send your child today off to a sporting game with just a bottle of water, then you know they're quickly gonna realize that they are the odd one out. In fact, New Zealand Cycling uh, has stopped using for its junior teams now Powerade, because Powerade is marketed to the masses, but not used by real athletes. But then, you know, these young kids, 14, 13-year-old cyclists aspiring to become gold Olympians, you know, gold medal Olympians, were drinking Powerade, and by the age of 16, were having to have massive dental procedures from the rotting of their teeth. That's in New Zealand. Not only that, but, you know, there's not only is sugar an issue, fructose, which you'll see on many labels, fructose, which is generally made from corn syrup, is an even bigger issue than sugar is itself. Let me tell you why. Sugar 
natural sugar, cane sugar, can be absorbed, or sorry, let's put it a different way, glucose. Glucose can be absorbed by nearly every cell in your body, but only the liver, sorry, only the liver can break down fructose and extract it from the body again, which has led to the fact that in our day and age, many people who are not alcoholics are displaying the same liver dysfunction as an alcoholic because our modern diet forces our liver to process fructose that is now being pushed through our systems. In fact, the Northland Hospital have two dialysis machines and they are saying in 10 years they'll need an entire floor of the Northland Hospital to cope with the increase of liver dialysis. Now it's important to know that in this message, just to bring it all back to the beginning, that I'm not here to talk about fat versus skinny. I'm not here to talk about ways of losing weight. I am here to talk about the truth that you are what you eat. One of the greatest seeds that you and I are sowing into our lives every day is the food that we choose to eat. When you eat fruit, when you eat a vegetable, when you eat lean sources of protein, seeds, and nuts, you are fueling your body with real fuel that will give you a great day today and a better future tomorrow. When we choose to live on burgers and soft drinks and, you know, serve up the myriad of processed food that comes from packets and is covered with numbers on the back, we are sowing a seed into our physical bodies, and then we want a healing evangelist to fix it later. And whilst I believe God is a God of grace, I believe too, by the way, hugely in the power of supernatural healing. We see it in our church all the time. I also believe that God is highlighting for us in His Word, I am interested, I am deeply concerned, I am speaking to your life through my Word and to your conscience about the food that you eat. And the truth is, friends, that in summary, I believe God wants us, if you could check it up on the screens again, please, God wants us to eat real food made by you or someone near you mainly plants. Eat food made by you or someone near you, mainly plants. The book of of Ezekiel gives us three reasons for the fall of Sodom. And one of the three reasons for the fall of Sodom was the sin of gluttony. It's listed in in Ezekiel as a sin. The sin of gluttony led to the fall of of Sodom. If we want our lives to be blessed, our families to be blessed, and our health to be blessed, then we are going to have to make some new choices about this stuff that we call food. There's real food and there's fake food. I believe that we have to make quality choices if we are going to leave the lives God wants us to lead. I mean, I'll be honest with you and say that three years ago, I began a journey. I absolutely did. But there have been many points where I've decided that journey is just too difficult, too laborious, and probably not even, you know, worth worrying about. But in August of this year, I read that scripture, and my healthy choices became now an attachment to my Christian faith. I believe God is interested in what I eat. I took my iPad, I made the screensaver, my little iPad mini, it still is on the screen. I do not eat chips. 
from that day to this one. <laughs> they are my nemesis. I mean, you know, some people have got to have chocolate, some people have got to have lollies. I just love a good deep fried chip. Is there anybody out there with me? Well, you know, I haven't, I haven't eaten them from August until now. I had, I had one the other day, and it just didn't even taste good anymore. And I thought to myself, you can change your life if you'll change the food that you eat. It's over. You made it. We're done. You're still alive. Yeah. I won't be preaching on food next week. We're going to go to something light. We're going to talk about money. All right, can you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet together this morning. God is interested in what I eat. Hey, so where are you all going for lunch today? <laughs> Big hangout was planned at McDonald's, right? Maybe not now. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, you can change your life if you change your food. You can change your life. Nothing that goes into a man makes him unclean, Jesus said, only what comes out of him. But it can make you healthy or sick. It can. And you can change your life if you change what you eat. Start today. Nothing white. No white rice. No white sugar. No white bread. Eat it in its natural color. <laughs> Andy Simpkins having a revolt. <laughs> on the... <laughs> Come on, let's pray together. Father, I do believe that you are interested in what we eat. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be guided by you. Um, I don't want this message to ever become religion, but I do believe it's an important thing for us. Our, our world has problems. And we do believe, I, I believe with all my heart, that a sick people are more easily enticed than to sin people. People who eat poorly are more vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. So I pray and not just in our food, but in what we view with our eyes and what we read, but especially in this arena this morning of food, I pray that you would challenge us, equip us, strengthen us in the arena of food. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor John Cameron. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church, check out arisechurch.com or find us on YouTube.